What's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to an episode here of the podcast version of Palangi Studio of Rock, only on Radio Wigwam. If you want to hear the live versions, make sure you tune in every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 UK. Right now, I'd like to welcome Hard Rock Act Sick Century from Pennsylvania with Mr. Mark and Brady, singer and the drummer from the band. Let's have a nice chat with them. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of Radio Wigwam, Palangi Studio of Rock. We got Sick Sanctuary. What's up, man? Going on, man. How's it we going? Got Br- we got Brady in the building and Mark here. What's going on? Where are you guys from? Let's start off with that. I know, I know you guys, but right on. Yeah, I'm. Uh, we're all kind of all over the place. So myself, I'm in York County, Pennsylvania. Okay, I wasn't sure if you moved or not. I remember yep, we talking in, a long time ago. Yep, I'm in the same area, man. Nice. Where are you well, at now, Mark? Well, York is sort of like our home base. That's where we sort of claim out of because all of our that's where our fans are, and that's where we play most of our shows. But I'm in New Hope, Pennsylvania. How far is that from from everybody? It's, it's like an hour. You guys probably—I think you've been here once near the Albany area. I think with with the old singer. So there's been a couple of different groups and stuff. Brady's gotten to this journey where where he's uh, finally here. Let's say. Yeah, man, it's been it's been quite the journey. I was gonna say that would have been probably Eximius when we were touring with all that remains. Yes, yes, I remember that. So before we get into it, let's talk about that just a little bit. We'll lead into like, how did you meet Mark and how, how did you, you know, join the band? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So at that time, um, which I think we were talking also, uh, maybe trying to work something out there because we were looking for a singer after that tour. So the guy we had at that point decided to step away. There was lineup changes going on and everything. And it kind of got to a point where it was just, I can't stop, man. I got to keep going. And not just that, just sometimes you don't realize a situation you get into. And I'm not about drama. I just want to have a good time and do it for the love of music and keep trucking. So that's where Mark kind of came into the picture because he was somebody who was also on my radar at that time. I mean, just kind of had a couple people there and he had the project going with Scott at the time of Sixth Century. So he had hit me up. And I think is when the first time I heard the cover of Them Bones by, uh, Allison Chains, they had a color yeah. of that. Like, hey man, we're we got this new project. We're looking to film a music for video for it in a week. And uh, as soon as I heard it and seen some of the other videos they did, I was like, you know what? These guys seem super cool. I'm already a fan. Like, I'm just gonna do the leap of faith and I have no regrets, man. Here we are today. It's, I'm in a great group of guys in this project. I remember you were hinting something like that, and then that came out and I was like, Okay, this is different. I thought maybe like both the bands combined, you know, they they just whoosh, Corroded together. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah Your guitarist that was in the previous band is not in this band, right? That is correct. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, this is all a whole bunch of new guys in this band. I'm the only one from the previous band in this. What do you with writing material together, uh, like Mark, you guys had um a bunch of stuff together already. Did you take any ideas from maybe Brady's past projects or you guys just like we're gonna start fresh? So let me ask the mushroom. <laughs> Mario. The mushroom says we so we started to write all original material back in 2019. And Brady was in this band called Eximius. They had asked me to try out for that band when their singer left. Uh kind of nothing really connected. 
And um, I'm like, hey, man, while you're doing that, do you also want to come come over here and check this shit out? And he said, yeah, like, why not? Uh, so man, we hit it off like he was saying that one video shoot and we kind of did things ass backwards. So we started okay. to do the videos. We, you know, we had a bunch of demos, a bunch of recordings. We felt like shooting videos. And then we started to get into the actual production of the live band as it is today. So that's Nick Black, Brady Hearn, myself, and Scott Hoon. So, uh, yeah, it came about as an all, all 100% original derived project. So there's no other elements. So Brady wasn't even on drums on, on the audio uh, version of that cover song, but he filled in for the music video and then the rest is history. Yeah, yep. but he's been everything else. What did you think? I wanted to ask you. So you, you did a cover of Rob Zombie, more human than human. How did that come about? Uh, Huge fan, right? I would say. <laughs> Gotta be, right? To cover it. Yeah, we, that was pretty ballsy, man. We I, I gotta admit that was uh that was a, a a ballsy move on our part. I'm a big Rob Zombie fan. He's always been a, a really big influence. So I mean, and he's probably one of the best artists and creators that has has ever existed. Um yeah, yeah. especially in, in film too. Like the guy can go cross platform, he can do anything that he wants, and he's super freaking creative. Um, but we you know we we I think Scott sent me that track. We were just kind of all messing around. And uh, I'm like, you know what? Let's see if I could do it. So I, I was kind of like messing around between takes of another original track. And I just did it in like one or two takes. And that was it. Oh, wow. I sent it to the guys. and They're like, yo, let's put it out. We shot a video within like two weeks. It all comes together real quick. Sometimes the video process is... You know, you're planning it for a long time and nothing's working out and it's all falling apart, but somehow it all comes together in like three days and you just yeah. got to work with it, man. You just yeah, gotta it's like, guys, oh. it's together. Let's go. And you're like, hurry up. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're like, man, well, sometimes it's locations happened. fall through everything <laughs> to even the people shooting, you know, they get other things or whatever goes on. There's a lot to shooting a music video. There is a lot. And that's something I was going to bring up because I noticed you guys like to shoot music videos a lot. Is that anywhere stemming from maybe your love of film and, and that kind of stuff? Or are you just like, I've always loved music videos and we're, we're doing as many as we can? That's a really good question, man. So uh, when uh, Scott and I got together, we had a mutual interest in doing horror movies. So we wanted to shoot a, an original horror movie and we never... We still haven't gotten around to it, but that may be a goal in the future. Uh, but yeah, the music videos, um, it just seemed to come natural to us. Um, the planning and scheduling between the band members, uh, free form of ideas back and forth, and then just finding a, a cool spot to shoot the video or spots or whatever. Yeah, yeah you, out. you definitely have big, open, industrial style stuff, which I like too. There's a lot of cement going on in the background. There's a lot of secret uh, abattoirs and slaughterhouses in uh, in uh, York, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Those are good spots. We got them on lockdown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys released an EP, and on, on there, there's a song called Delirium. What's, what's that one about? Delirium's is sort of one of those songs that's about people that are looking down all day. We, we spend our lives looking at our cell phones and not looking up. And when you do that, 
you sort of get caught in your own feedback loop. And Delirium is a song about only listening to those sort of impulses and creating your own, basically, delirium. Yeah. You're stuck in your own world. That's a Absolutely. cool. That's a cool idea for the song. Did you do a music video for that too? I don't know if I saw one. Yeah, we yeah. did one for that. Uh, we did that in in a friend of mine's. Uh, he has a like a TV studio, and oh, okay. uh, his name's Kurt. Uh, he, he was kind enough to let us film at this spot, and uh, yeah, we just uh, all the band members, our girlfriends, and uh, significant others went out and guerrilla filmed some shit. There you go. One's in charge of wardrobe and you have, you know, catering. Let's bring the catering. That's how you in. do it, man. You just gotta put it all <laughs> together. You gotta figure it out. It's it's uh it's a scramble. That's cool. That's cool though. You're like, oh, maybe, you know, we still gotta shoot a horror movie or something. I, I'm into all that kind of stuff. I just I finally completed my first horror movie and I'm Did in the same really? boat. It's like it takes years of like finally, when am I gonna do this? And then just what do kind it. of uh how how long did it take you to put together from concept to about eight months, I would say. Yeah. yeah, and you wrote the screenplay yourself. So with me, I actually don't write a script. I write um, an outline, and then yeah. basically we kind of freehand some of the scenes as far as like because I like input from the actors and stuff a lot. Like I'll write stuff, and I'll be like, "What do you think based off of your character?" And that's pretty cool. I really like that idea, man. I think that that yeah, keeping it free form and keeping it natural, so it's not artificial, it's not contrived or. That's no, really cool. no. And we did a whole story that way because my movie's a set of uh, seven different stories. So I'm like, let's do one where we don't even write a script because I used to do that all the time. And it actually yeah. worked out pretty good. I mean, you got to know a little bit of what you're doing. But, you know, if you guys get into that too, definitely let me know because I'm, you know, I do scary music and stuff. I'd love to help you guys out with that. I, I really respect that, man. It, because it, it, it sort of ring, rings true for me in the sense of, having a band and a band being a jam band at its core. Yeah. You know, wh one of the things that we're trying to do as a band is getting back to those basics where we're writing in the rehearsal space and, you know, you have an inception of a song and it's just the groove. And then you build mm -hmm. on that groove and you build, build, build. People can bring stuff to the table, but the essence of the song is within that connection between everybody. And, and I think that's really cool, man. That's uh, That was going to be my next question of, you know, when you brought that up, not a lot of bands have access to say studios where they can go and practice. Like back in the day, you used to go to the studio. That was your practice space. And the song, like you said, came out of that rather right. than oh, I'll write it in my bedroom or yeah, I wrote it in my car quick, you know, that sort of thing. And then let's come together and either do it digitally or we'll go to the studio and, and see what happens. The Brady, let me ask you a question here. So we were talking about digital drum recording back in the sure. day. I know, I mean, you're a fan of tracking real drums more than digital drums, but explain to the people that maybe don't know how that works or, you know, what's that process like from, you know, do you, do you do it on a demo level and then do you go to the studio for the actual songs? Like explain a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely demoed out a lot of stuff just, you know, with me tracking on the e-kit at home with my home, you know, recording setup. So, uh, I mean, we were at a point considering, you know, Scott is uh, lived in Vegas, lived in Detroit. Oh, wow. Uh, so there was that time where we did have to bounce around and write music that way, you know. So I would, you know, demo some drums out for those songs. And uh, for the first EP, I mean, I pretty much made some adjustments 
when we would go into the big studio, you know what I mean? We would do a different program of drums. Obviously, it sounded more beefy, more realistic sounding for a digital drum set. Yeah. Um, Guys like us, we might be able to pick up one, but I mean, most people won't be able to pick up on that kind of thing. But that's how we did it. Yes, 100%. And it's easier just to kind of go in there and move things around that made it uh, flow a little bit better, be more tasteful at that point. Of course, I would love to, you know, track live drums. And that's definitely what we plan on doing for the next, you know, uh, group of tunes. But, uh, you know, it's cost efficient, too. You know what I mean? It's, you know, studio stuff, depending where you go, is pretty pricey as well. So we try to do as much as you can pre-production and uh, still have those elements of, you know, a performance. And uh, pretty much. But. You have to get your act together when you're going in the studio like we did to cut like a five, six song EP. You have to, you know, have practiced everything so you're not going in there wasting time. So, and it's just adjustments on the fly. And, you know, here it is. It's performance time. And it's, it's the same thing as like a live performance almost. But um, yeah, you know, down you, to what amps you're going to use and, and all yeah. that kind of stuff, too. So that's that's exciting about being in the studio. It's that you get that. Uh, that unknown factor. Yeah. And and there's always, you don't know what's going to come out of it sometimes. You know what I mean? That's maybe the scary part, especially for pain or something like that. It's like, we we think it's going to come out the way it's gonna, but sometimes it doesn't, you know, and it's not always like the engineer's fault or something. You're just like, dude, it's just, it's not working. You know what I mean? But nowadays what's lucky yeah, and you can with the say it's like the song is not working, but maybe the drums, let's say, are killer, and you can actually take back parts and splice in things, and you know you can do things afterwards. Which I think with uh, like you're saying the electronic kit and stuff, you can do easier stuff like that because once you record real drums, man, the, you can't change the room sound; it's over. <laughs> exactly and you can't change them parts man if there's a fill you're playing you don't like it you know too much from now and you're kicking yourself in the ass man you yep. can't go back and change it you know and uh at least the, i guess where that kind of helps I, I do like writing uh demoing the stuff that way the e-kit because i do have a little bit of time you know as i write it i feel like i have a better um chance of structuring parts for the song you know piece doing it section by section right so i can yeah. sit there and track the chorus part on my own I can wait a day and a half, go back, and if I still like it, great. I may make a slight change, but as long as I can be happy at that point and then take it in, it's kind of that's the nice part about it, I would say. But you take uh, more of your time. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if I could write it that way, then go in and learn obviously the parts that I written that way and then play it straight through, then great. You know, that'd be awesome. But yeah, man. I like to talk about gear too. So it's, I know some people don't go into it, but. That's why I say it's playing G studio of rock. Cause I, I like to get into all that kind of stuff. So let's, let's, I guess let's uh, keep talking about drum stuff here and we'll, we'll see what Mark does for, I don't know if he brings his own microphones or what types you like to use, but whoever would like to go first with gear, gear talk. Sure. Well, don't matter. Go ahead. Mark. I just wanted to say something real quick about the drum as an instrument. The drum is the most important instrument because that's how you develop your groove. Uh, everything is based around the drum. So the vocal is a drum. Everything is a drum hit. So coming up with that kind of stuff on the spot, connecting, uh, you know, w- one person, two person, you got two people, you've, you've created a groove. Yep. Um, and that's that's the earthy element to songwriting. It's not contrived and you can't create it in the studio that way. You have to have two people connecting. 
that's what I love about the songwriting process. And like Brady was saying, getting back to that organic stuff, man, man everybody loves analog, right? But yeah. the way the future is headed, except for the lo-fi we're, guys, we're going on this trajectory where we just our technology is just running rampant, right? So yeah, yeah. it's going to be difficult to to carve out those little slices of history. And, and, you know, especially if you don't have a zillion dollars. Yeah. Well, for me, it's hard to explain, but you can't, uh, you can't record air. You know what I mean? It's that a lot of it is the room sound, the air actually hitting that microphone. There's things where, especially guitar stuff, we could go into that all day where they replicate the sounds. A lot of it does sound very, very close, but it's the air and the movement and that push. That's what they can't, they sure. just can't quite get that yet, you know, because yeah. there's a difference when you mic an amp and then when you take the same sound and say you like reamp it and it's, you make, um, you know, a copy, Absolutely, a digital man. copy of it. Yeah. With digital, there's always, I like to describe it as a digital harshness. There's, you don't have that warm analog sound. There's always that real bitey digital yeah. harshness, harshness. And it's just a, it's a matter of preference though. Like some people like that. Some people like the other thing. Some people like a combination of both. It works. I think combo together is the best of both worlds. Taking, like uh, Brady said, uh, you guys are going to track, you know, in studio drums. That's great to uh, put some samples over it to get some of that definition in it because sometimes it can be lost in the microphones if you don't have that many choices or however you guys record it. Yeah. So that kind of, it kind of saves you from saying, well, I got to read the, do that part. Cause we got to remike it and all that. And like, no, no, we're just going to put another kick over it. That has more high end or something. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. yeah bleed them together. Yep. What kind of drum set do you play? And are you endorsed with any companies? And I know when you, he's folks, you got to see Brady drum, man, he's flipping the sticks. He's really energetic. He's got like four hands, literally octopus, man. He's a gunslinger. <laughs> I he love is. it. Thank you so much, dude. I appreciate that. Well, yeah, yeah we I don't know how he does it. I, I, when I turn back and I watch him, I'm like, how the hell is he doing that? Because it's, it's like sleight of hand. It's moving faster than you can even see it. Yeah, you're probably standing there singing, you know, holding a note and looking back, and the guy's just like a flash going on. Looks like he's got four hands. Yeah, yeah. it does actually when you drum. I appreciate Looks that. Looks like man. Goral. I love it. Hey man, whatever sticks out and people enjoy watching, you know, and, and that's kind of like, you know, I always tell people, you know, uh, I've always gotten shit from the stick tricks and the showmanship and stuff. And I get it. Um, but at the same time, like I play, like if I would go see a show, man, like that's what I would want to see. You know what I mean? The showmanship. Yeah. When you put on show, I mean, it's cool. I respect it. You know, if you can have a happy medium of putting the showmanship on and still rip a kit and play the parts correctly and put it in the right spots. I mean, it's cool, you know? Yeah, uh, but that's just you know my thing. That's that's why I like doing it. Plus, I'm gonna play the way I want to play. You know, at the end of the day, I remember uh, the Facebook post you put out. You go, "This is me doing no tricks. I'm just gonna play my ass off in this." Yeah, I'm just yeah. like ripping around. You know what I mean? And yeah, you know, and I, I I guess I shouldn't feel that I have to like prove anything on that. But you know, I, it's it's nice to showcase that because you know sometimes it does get old when people think you're just a one trick pony. I guess you know. Yeah, got a little bit more to offer. Well, when it comes down to it, it's what what you think too. You know, I'm especially like sure. probably Mark. You've had some people. I've I've had it with vocals that they make fun of your voice, so they say you should do this and try this. Or oh yeah, 
go this way. And you're like, that's a completely different direction. You know what I mean? 100%. Yeah, everybody's got an opinion. Um, It's important that you listen to your gut the most. And you're always going to have constructive feedback. So like sometimes that constructive, the best feedback I've gotten in my life was when somebody was very harsh to me. Um, I didn't realize it at the time, but they were 100% right. And I hated them for saying that shit. Some of those moments, not all of them, some of them you look back and you're like, okay, well, that was good constructive criticism. But yeah, man, you always got to shoot straight from your heart, straight from the gut to get your energetic point across. That's, that's at least that's my opinion of it. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of mics and stuff do you use? Um, for live, I'll just use a 58A vocal studio stuff. I, I demo stuff out with the TLM 103. Mm-hmm. I'm going into a, um, an Apollo twin. So that's the, that's the PC setup I've had lately. Okay. Pro Tools. Um, I have a Mac set up too. I kind of go back and forth because I got all this legacy stuff on the Mac and uh, PC is sort of like new territory for me, but I'm able to go back and forth and do different okay, uh, different stuff. Do you ever use those uh, filters where you can actually change the microphone to a different style of microphone? Like, uh, like, uh, like oh, Slate Audio, Slate Digital, they have oh, that. Yeah, can... I, I, I think I have Slate stuff on the Mac, yeah. Steam yeah. Slate, yeah. I do that for like backup vocals and stuff. If, if for the tracks, like you could change it to like a fifty-seven or or a drum microphone or whatever you wanted to. That's kind of neat. Yeah, you, you got the vintage filter trick. That's on the um, just the I guess the basic Pro Tools plugins. What do you? Um, well, I guess it's whatever the studio has. But I don't know. Like for me now, when I first started, I wasn't really concerned as much with gear. But now, if I went into a studio, I would kind of ask them like, what microphone do you have at least? Before I would just say, oh, there's a microphone in this booth. Yeah. It looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I trust the professionals. Like the guys we work with are unbelievably professional. Uh, Grant and Carson from Atrium Audio. So I trust whatever Grant says, basically. Um, he just has such a good ear. Mm-hmm. And the way we work together is just simple. There's no issues or problems. This, the flow is pretty good. And his uh, microphone choices are very limited. I think he's um, figured out what he likes over the years, and it definitely works. Yeah, because you have to pair him up with the right preamps, and you change one thing, and it could be not as clear or thinner or whatever, whatever it is, you know. And for your voice too. That's that's the trick, man. Yeah. You got to figure out what works with your voice and that chain. You know, good microphone, a good preamp, good compression, and then EQ. Yeah. However, whatever order you do that in. Or is it EQ then compression? Or is it EQ then compression? Exactly. Depends how you talk to. Drummer wise, I don't know. Drummers love to use compression. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a reason. <laughs> right, Brady? You still here? Oh, yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can't see you right now, but. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I had a call oh. coming in. Oh, okay. Uh, it was my dad trying to call me. Oh, there you go. You have to, Pops will have to wait for me to call him back. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Pride to talk music, man. You yeah, made it. You're a musician too. So, so what is uh, what does compression do to drums? Why do drummers love compression, man? Is that <laughs> more that smack? I, I guess so. I would just from a little bit that I've experienced, you know, uh, putting compression on things. I feel like it gets it a little bit more, like a uh, how do I want to say it? It's like a fuller, tight punch. I guess you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, just a little extra. You know, it's Gluey. not so all over the place. It's 
in your face. Yep. It's more contained. Yes. Yes. That's the best, best word for it, for sure. Yep. Too much. Yeah, man, it, can, it, it can make it sound small too, too much. Oh yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. I like the punchy stuff, man. Like, uh, how uh, Grant and Carson do drums. Like, so Grant's a drummer as well, but even for what Carson does is freaking awesome, dude. They, they have a killer ear and their drums. I love, especially they're so punchy. You can hear the thing I love. And I tried to do it too on my own is when you can distinguish the, each crash symbol, your China and all your toms and your snare individually. It just, they all hit right. Mm-hmm. It's, Oh man, that's that gets me every time. Yes, they don't sound yeah. the same. I've noticed that a lot of times. I'll hit two symbols. I'm like, they sound like the same symbol. Yes, definitely. You can distinguish everything. You can hear like I like when I can hear a crash, a snare, and a kick too when somebody's riding through a course, and you can distinguish all the parts. Like you can almost see it when you're hearing it. You know what I mean? It's weird. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'm just weird like that. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe just like the stereo pan of it. You know what I mean? It's everything's kind of in its place and it's different. You can. How's all the set sounds? Nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah. For sure, man. I don't know. You know. Yeah. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, yeah. I do hear with you guys, I do hear a drowning pool influence. I hear David Cook, too, in your voice, Mark, when you sing clean. Who's David Cook? David Cook was on uh, American Idol. I don't, He's kind of around when that. Daughtry came out. Okay. I'll have to check him out. Got a little That's bit of that vibe first. going on. Oh, thanks, man. That's the first I've ever heard about about that, but I'll check it out. Check them out. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Do you like Drowning Pool? Like, what are your influences for vocally? Well, that guy's got a great voice, man. The great scream, great vocal. I guess I learned from uh, Phil Anselmo, Chris Cornell, Scott yep. Weiland. You know, just repeating, you know, singers that I admired, Brent Smith, Shine Down, people that had this extraordinary vocal range that I didn't have at the time. And I just had to practice and figure it out and get better at doing that one thing. Were you, uh, cause it sounds like you have a deeper voice. Like, were you, you're like, man, I wish I could sing like the, the Def Leppard high stuff. You know what I mean? Well, I always, I always knew I, I was in band since I was younger and, um, I always had this high vocal range. So I guess I do have like a baritone type regular speaking voice but I, I could always hit those fucking david lee roth like squeak squeechy and whatever whatever you call them whistle voice notes <laughs> it's not a bad thing no um I, I i don't know you know i went i went to um i was having some trouble back probably like five or six years ago i thought i had an issue with my voice i didn't turned out to be nothing but i went to a vocal coach named melissa cross and this woman is um a saint and just like so in tune with the human voice mm. she's like a metal goddess um she had me think about things a completely different way and she you know one of the things she explained about the the, the human voice she said compare it to like a viola a violin and a cello so you, you have the same type of strings and the same type of similar scales but one's a little bit fatter one's a little bit fatter one's a little bit fatter and that's where your um i guess tone and resonance comes from i was like wow that's a really cool way to think about that and i had never she has all these really cool tricks to think about the voice human voice do you ever use like vocal straws or what are you kind of do you warm up before a show or do you you do anything special Uh, uh yeah i try not to push too hard uh during a performance 
Um, you know, when you get to that point where you're like about to break something, yeah, you never and, want and to you go. Want to. <laughs> you like, want uh, to, but you never want to go past that point because you never know what's going to pop. You get a pop a gasket or something. Yep. You know, yep. blow a fuse. Um, yeah, I do like regular types of vocal warm up sometimes, just pretty basic stuff. What if you, uh, what if you can't hear? Um, do you use like in ears or do you use the stage monitors? Both. And sometimes it depends on the size of the venue, the club, what yep. the sound system's like, the the tin canniness of the room, I guess. Yeah. Where you really can't hear stuff. And if it's like a, a horizontal shaped room, you know, you get that bounce back. If it's so triangle then, shaped. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. When yeah. you have the walls that are closer to you instead of like a lengthwise room. That's always, those are the tough ones. That's when you get that real tin canny yeah. kind of bounce back effect. But yeah, I'll, I'll use regular, like sure, in-ears. And uh, I don't know, it depends on the, the night, really. If the venue allows it, sometimes the bands you open for don't allow it. Like there's a stipulation thing. We don't have time for this. We're not, we're not dealing with it, yada, yada. So you're like, okay, we can't use it. Okay. The bands and, don't, in your experience, the bands don't allow it or the sound guy is kind of just, whatever or it's the band sound guy whoever on their team is sometimes they're yeah. just like nope we're using our channels and this is it the board's maxed out you can't use in ears sometimes they tell you i'm not going to name yeah. bands but there's there's a few out there that will tell you even down to like what you can sell and what you can't sell but there is it. that's that's part of their game and that's not our game but some yeah. people play it like that yeah, and they don't have to, to be honest. I mean, who cares? Oh, if man. you sell three more guitar picks than the other guy, who cares? No, <laughs> right? I always want other people to do good. That's I've mm. always come from that school where I'm, I'm, I'm interested in other people. I'm interested in other artists, and I like what they're doing. So I yeah. want them to excel. And having the opposite mentality has always been something that I always found it odd that people have that. Yeah. It might be just, um, I don't know, control or something, or maybe they, they're used to being said yes to everything, maybe. There's no maybe. no in there. Yeah, no, it's possible. I don't know. Brady, uh, you probably have to use any of your monitors, but is there ever a point where you couldn't? How does that work out for you? Like if you had to use a drum monitor... Oh man, that is a good question. Um, so, you know, stuff like when I did Eximius and especially this band, we, we run tracks. So uh, definitely run the in-ear monitors. If I don't have a good mix, man, if I can't hear that click, I'm screwed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I tell you what, uh, it, it probably wouldn't be bad to have, you know, the back monitor as a backup if something were to go out. Yeah. Um, obviously, it'd be a little difficult trying to keep that timing, I guess, because when, when you're on tracks, you got to have that click. Keep you in, keep you in time, but uh, I feel like I have decent time. I'll, I'm a little ahead. I've always been told that, so I don't slow down. I'm a little ahead, which is, I guess, not a bad thing. I've been told, but uh, I feel like I have pretty solid timing overall. I guess, um, but yeah, if it comes down to that, I mean, I've had a lot of practice. You know, I didn't play with the click for years, and started playing with the click probably six, seven years ago, and came natural. So I think either or, like, I think we could pull it off. We would push through and pull it off for sure. Yeah, you almost don't want to be like a human metronome because it is still yeah. live. Even, even if you have door. other sounds underneath or cause you probably have some synth stuff or some sound effects going off here and there as cues and whatever. And Most maybe, definitely. do you do like an intro track, stuff like that with certain sounds like in between a song or oh yeah, part of the song? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. We have like an intro track we walk out to. It's like two minutes long. And then some of the songs have intros and it has a nice click in and runs through. 
I mean, it, I don't know. I really don't mind uh, the click at all too. playing with that. A lot of people, actually, that was a question I got this past weekend. We played a show. Somebody asked me, you know, is it difficult to be flipping your sticks and doing the showmanship while you're playing to a click? Yeah. I'm like, dude, it's actually fairly natural for me. I, I guess because the click came really natural. It's, it's kind of second nature, but I feel like some people do have a difficult time playing with the click. I mean, I guess it is kind of weird for some people, but it's important, man. It's very important. It is. It is. At least got, for recording, you know, especially. Yeah. So video versions here, we got all three of us back here on the screen. Now, if you're listening to the audio version, hello. Don't forget that this will be available as a video version. So you can head over to our YouTube or our social media sites and you guys can check that out too. Now, all your guys' music, right? I know it's on Spotify. It's on Amazon. It's on a gazillion other sites. Anywhere where you can, I don't like to say stream all the time. I want to say buy. Any, anywhere you can buy the music. If you're an indie band, if you're a major label band, folks, buy the music. Don't just stream it. It helps the artists a lot more, like gas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's tough, man. Everybody says that the music has left that left that arena where it's just, that's your selling tool. And then where you're going to make your money is everything else. But, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And... Mm-hmm. When markets are oversaturated, what what do people do? They pull back from those markets, and then they come up with creative ways to do other shit. So I don't know. We sell CDs. We sell, you know, we stream it, of course. And uh, you know, I've done flash drives in the past, which are kind of like I don't know. I don't know if they serve any purpose anymore. Yeah, I'm not sure. The thing I always kind of thought was weird is um, you you kind of you can give away your whole catalog at once, and then what what makes them come back besides, you know, if they really like it, you know what I mean? Cause if everything's on there, you know, or unless like, well, you guys, you could put the music yeah. video on there with it yeah. and stuff too. Then There's, they could pirate it. Yeah. Though, I guess <laughs> well, <laughs> what we learn, what we're learning yeah. and it's a learning process uh, is that you have to really space out your material and then plan for a lot of these things. Yeah. And us going back to the drawing board, going back into the studio we're sort of looking at it a different way. Now, maybe some of those things that you're talking about, kind of pulling it back a little bit. Uh, and if there's a, a full release, a full album. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, maybe doing a single and a video here and there. Uh, I don't know. We have to sort of feel the temperature of what's going on. Yeah, we just, we really enjoy releasing music. And I think the past uh, several months has been like tactical for us trying to figure out how to play these live shows and make the band what it is, what it's becoming. So that, that process has been pretty fucking awesome, man. I love playing with these dudes. What's coming up tour wise for you guys shows. Oh man. What do we got Brady? I think the next show, we have a little bit of a break, but we're April, looking for right? Yeah. April 30th is the next show. That would be the union firehouse with sleep signals. Okay. I think that's the next yeah. one. And then after that, uh, we do have some studio time May 11th and 12th. And then the 12th as well. We have a pretty big hometown show in Redline, where I'm from. Nice. Uh, that's with a band called uh, Awaken the Giant, I believe it is. They're coming in from Texas. They're going to be playing the next night at uh, Rock on the Hill with like Trapped and uh, a couple other bands like that. Trapped. So we figured we throw them on that bill, man. That should be a good night. But then we have a few like that, some in uh, June coming up. And 
guess we won't say too much, but possibly some uh, tour dates with the bands. We won't say at this point, but we're still waiting to hear a little bit more on that. So hopefully. Yeah. Oh, and I should mention that we're we're trying to hop on the Five Fingered Up Punch show in the York State Fair. So there you go. Yeah, man, we're trying. We got a uh, Ivan and uh, Chris Kale's attention on it, so we'll we'll see what happens, man. That's I know that stuff very well. Of you, you don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You can only try, and sometimes like it goes down even even to the week of the event. Sometimes, and you're like. You know, we got it or we didn't get it, you know, and, and it's hard because you guys have to keep that date free and you're like, are we doing this or are we not doing this? But we, maybe we are. Exactly. Yeah, man. Yeah. You, you just never know. What's the worst that can happen? Somebody tells you no, but uh, yeah, it's one of those things, man. It, it could be a long shot, but why not? Why not try, you know? Yeah. You have to, you know what I mean? Well, live Absolutely. is part of getting yourselves out there too. Oh, and, um you know, but if you guys come near my way, let me know. Maybe we can we can bust a move here together. Somewhere. That'd be fantastic, man. I have been a little bit of a, a studio rat since COVID and um, the last year, but that's not a bad thing. Not a but, bad thing. Um, I'll get back out there again <laughs> someday. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I'd love to see you live, man. I always saw you had a pretty unique voice. I think you're an awesome performer. Yeah, I appreciate that. I remember Braden and I were talking. We're like, I think it was some show or something. And I go, dude, if I get the show, do you think maybe you could drum it for me or something? Yeah, I, I'm just a solo guy. I always need other people in, involved. Yeah, he's you're you're you've always been good that way. Where you you want to just jump on something for sure, man. So it's always about making that noise. Gotta make the noise for other people. I know. Well, you know, vocally, you never know. You could do a uh, it was a crossover song you know, featuring you know six different bands or two bands, whatever it is. I love that kind of stuff too with recording. Possibilities are, are endless. Yes, they are. Mark, any last words there, buddy? No, I just want to, I'm really interested in your horror movie, man. Uh, I want to know your <laughs> process and because that's where I want to get to is eventually figure out how to shoot my own film. I have, I can't uh, figure it out yet. Let me tell you when we're off the air for, for a minute here because it's going to be too long. It's going to be too long for me to talk about this for everybody. And they'll be like, horror movies? What are you talking about horror movies for? It's a music show, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's cool, man. I, I cross into other things, though. It's cool. But yeah, we can chat about it here for a minute. And, uh, you know, everybody out there, appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you go over to their social media sites here and leave some comments and stuff. And, you know, uh, if you like a post, just leave a comment on how you like it. You know what I mean? Whether it's a music video or the sun's out today, whatever, whatever it is, whatever. And make sure you message Five Finger Death Punch to get Sixth Century on the York State Fair show. There you go. That'd be Bug a huge honor to open up for those guys. We'd learn a lot. Comment like, was it a, a Attack of the Clones? Just comment it. Just go over there and just freaking do it. That's right. Star, Star Wars reference. Don't give me that either. I love it. <laughs> All right oh, yeah. there. I appreciate you guys coming on here and uh, we will we'll chat soon. All right. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for having us. No problem, guys. You're listening to Pelagi's Studio of Rock only here on Radio Wigwam every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 UK. Tune in for other interviews that we have on here and uh, we'll be back. We've had some exciting guests and uh, I think I'm personally up to over 60 people that I've interviewed since 2020. To me, that's that's a huge number, trying to get everybody together and, and do this kind of stuff. But I love it as an artist and just as a listener and hearing your guys' stories and, and you learn a lot. It's all about the noggin. We appreciate it, brother. Thank you for the opportunity. 
No problem, guys. I'll have you guys back on sometime. Uh, we'll do a follow-up here. Sounds great, brother. Oh, yeah. Look forward to that. All right, guys. I'll see you later. Thank you. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the podcast version here of Palangi Studio of Rock, only on Radio Wigwam. Catch the live shows every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 UK. Chime in on our social medias and make sure you see any of these video repeat podcasts on YouTube and go to frankplanji.com. Appreciate it. Hopefully you guys come back and I will see you soon.